welcome to Have You Got Your Shit Together with me, Caitlin Orion, the podcast that celebrates not having your shit together. This week's episode is a little bit different. Um, due to unforeseen circumstances, we won't be releasing a new episode, but we have made a little pick and mix of all of our past Have You Got Your Shit Together podcast guests, um, a shit pick and mix, if you will, um, and we've chosen some of our favourite moments for you to enjoy to get you through until next week when we will have a brand spanking new episode for you. So I hope you enjoy. Sit down with a cup of tea, take a load off and get your shit in order, will you? On a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling a... I'd say a four. What would a four, four be? I mean, I'm thinking that shit together is a scale of one to ten. Yeah. Is that what right. you're going with? Because oh, if it's a hundred, then we, <laughs> we should be talking to some people. Yeah. But um, like, four, four is less than average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've just, um, I'm on a bit of a come down after the gig I just played, yeah. and it's like you know, which was at Union Chapel. You're just Union saying Union Chapel, yeah. And it's venue. always so beautiful, and it's always such a build up, and like so much nerves and so mm. much pressure that goes into just thirty minutes of my time. Oh my god! Yeah. And then you just kind of get off the stage, and you're like, well. That was that. Yeah, it's <laughs> and then weird, the isn't feeling it? lingers for like the rest of eternity. Yeah. I was listening to a Sam Smith interview. That moment after you've done a big show and you go back into the green room and you're on your own and that's like the moment that'll kill you. <laughs> it honestly is. It's yeah. crazy because and touring as well. Like it's mm. just it's a really crazy thing for like people to do, just like with the adrenaline rush and then the come down afterwards. It's like chemically like so crazy and yeah. hard on us. I mean, it's also great. Like my dad came and it was nice to see him. And, yeah. Like, my boyfriend was waiting for me in the green room afterwards mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, there are pros, but it's also like, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's strange. Mm-hmm. It's strange when you're um, kind of, your perception of who you are is kind of different to what people see of you. Mm-hmm. I can imagine when people come in to see you at a gig or something, mm-hmm. their idea of who you are, and then when you leave that stage and you return to who you are, mm-hmm. I always find that quite jarring with acting and stuff like that. Yeah. Like if I have a, experience when I'm meeting fans or something Mm -hmm. that's the thing that fucks my head up a little bit yeah no totally yeah yeah sometimes and as well with me a lot I get imposter syndrome Mm. and I yeah no I totally totally understand that yeah do you get that even with like writing your own stuff sometimes um yeah sometimes I get I like fall down a, a hole of like um writing music that I think just sounds shit and then everything I come up with just sounds absolutely terrible oh my god yeah. by the way oh yeah okay. mate it's called have you got your shit together it's literally <laughs> shit in every every question so, do Great. <laughs> say it all um, um but yeah like I like I don't know I focus too much on like the music I listen to and yeah and how I can make my own sound instead of like it like allowing it to influence me in a healthy way I've like become like oh shit all my songs are shit and everything compare it yeah I was literally speaking about this last night to my friend about that difference between your idea of who you are and where you want to be and your taste Mm -hmm. and the disparity between that and where you feel like you are and -hmm. sometimes that gap can just feel really overwhelming because you'll write something and you know, when I write poetry or whatever, I'll write something and then if I step away from it and I come back, I'm just like, that's fucking shit. What oh was, I, God. What was yeah. I doing there? And then you you overthink it and you kind of, 
I don't know, like a corporate mind that is judging it. Will other people like it mm-hmm. rather than being like, is it serving me anymore? No, absolutely. I experienced that so badly mm. um, when we first went into lockdown. Yeah. Dreaded lockdown. Yes, yes. <laughs> Trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in 2020, like as soon as we went into lockdown, like everyone was just like, you know, churning out. It seemed to me yeah, everyone yeah. was just like hopping online and like still being able to like progress in their music and mm. stuff. And I just fell down such a rabbit hole of just making music that I thought would sound like theirs and would appeal to people instead mm. of music that would like you know is authentic to me and I remember I was writing like oh, I don't know like three songs a day and like sending them to my manager and um he was just like why don't you take a break and I was like no I must yeah, keep writing yeah, it needs yeah. to I need it needs to sound good and then I just like it gave me a whole identity crisis and oh. I ended up like going home to Ireland and I stopped writing for the whole year yeah. and that's when I like recorded the bends by Radiohead yeah, yeah, yeah. um because yeah I just I was just completely like what the fuck am I what am I doing well, sometimes is... you have to kind of go back to be able to take stock again don't you no completely and that sensation in lockdown of feeling like well the world has stopped and now is my time mm-hmm. to I don't have any commitments I'm just gonna sit here and write my novel and then every day <laughs> yeah. just being like what well, the fuck I don't have anything to say like <laughs> yeah, I'm right yeah it's and feeling like you have don't have much to contribute and mm-hmm. all of those things it can be such a mindfuck yeah it was um it was very tough. Yeah. But I feel like it was necessary because it, it kind of brought me back to myself as well. Like I wrote all the wrong songs to like kind of figure out how to write again and yeah. do it in a way that felt really more authentic to me, mm. more authentic to anything I've ever written. And that's when I wrote my latest album. It yeah. all came from that. Wow. And they say that about writing, don't they? That like you should, it's a muscle and you should just try and write yeah. a thing a day even if it's shit. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to do that sometimes. Like I'll sit down with like a pen and paper and I'm just like, nothing <laughs> to say. Honestly, like because of that whole like thing that I went through in lockdown, it's given me the fear and I can't like, Yeah, yeah. I have to wait until I feel the inspiration and it comes every like, I would say four or five months, I'll just feel it. And what is it? It's like, it's out of body, isn't it? It's it weird. really is. Yeah. It's almost like, a tingling feeling yeah. without sounding cheesy. No, it's, it's like I can feel it. Coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> Shut the windows. Yeah, yeah. Light a candle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really crazy feeling to explain, yeah. but I get so excited yeah, yeah, and yeah. like. But that's that's why we do it, isn't exactly. it? That's the magic mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I always find this a really interesting. Whenever I have musicians, I always kind of ask this question. But like. When you're approaching music, do you start with the lyrics or do you start with the music first? Because you're a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. and what I love about your songs is the writing, like the poetry oh, is just beautiful. You. Usually it comes after the melody. Right. That's what inspires me. Mm-hmm. I'll like, I'll set up like a little studio space on my bedroom floor mm-hmm. and I'll put my headphones on and I'll put reverb to max because I want to be swimming. Sound. <laughs> um, and that's usually like, I don't know, the frequencies of the reverb and sometimes I'll have like a drone going and I'll just like play the guitar over that yeah. and that's what inspires me. And once I like find some kind of structure within yeah. the melody, that's when the lyrics start to come. God, so many levels to it. Yeah. I find it so fascinating. <laughs> I think it's just something that, because I just, I can't, like I've tried, because I'll write like a poem, I do it that mm-hmm. way and then I'll get like my four open chords on a guitar <laughs> and try to fit it and it just sounds <laughs> trash. So... <laughs> that's not how they do it clearly I'm going wrong then what would you say that having your shit together means to you what does that look like it's a very good question isn't it hence the podcast (laughs) that's why it's so good hence why you're here (laughs) 
Okay, so mm-hmm. there are there are different versions, aren't there? For Matt, for myself. So it's kind of what you think on the outside is like having your shit together. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it's being presentable and like taking control, like ownership over your physical health, your mental health, um, thinking of your future self is something that I like to aim for. These are all things I like to aim for. I'm yeah. not saying that I necessarily live this mm-hmm this truth every yeah. day yeah. but to me that's what it looks like that's what the mold is mm-hmm. so being kind of intentional with your decisions and stuff yeah how you're living yeah but then on the other hand there's an openness with that yeah that when you don't have your shit together to be open about that i find that that is also having your shit together yeah i like that in a way so not like living in denial yeah I think I always come back to this thing of like, because I think you're right. I think having your shit together is ever changing and Mm. I'm not sure how achievable it is at any stage of your life. But I think being able to deal with it and to like ride it Mm. like a boat in the sea (laughs) and not submerge yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is that. Yeah, staying afloat. Yeah. Yeah, without overwhelm. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's very easy to sort of like laugh at yourself when you're trying to mm-hmm. like think of good metaphors like this. Things like that really help. Like metaphors like that do really help. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going back to like presentation, I guess, that I was mm. talking about. Because that's, that's interesting. And mental presentation. Yeah, yeah. Mental uh, presentation. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that's to do with how other people perceive you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that's a guard, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's something that you, you have control over. Mm-hmm. Well, you think you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you try your, your hardest to have control over. Mm. But uh, but there's a there's there can be a lack of vulnerability with that. And I think I can feel when I'm when I'm like that and I can also maybe pick up on when other people are like that yeah. too. It's like and a I'm, masking, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I'm you just can like smell the bullshit. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I see you. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah, stop. I see you. Just stop. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. There's power in vulnerability mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I think it's that thing of like wanting to live honestly and yeah. being okay with like accepting your flaws and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Definitely. So before the podcast, I asked you to think of an object yes. that makes you feel like you've got your shit together. I have Did it. you bring one? Yeah, I've amazing. It. The moment you asked me this, mm-hmm. this was the only and first thing I thought. Oh, of. Oh, really? And I'm pretty confident with this being confident. spot on. Okay. So what we have in front uh-huh. of us, Caitlin, is a Monday to Sunday box for your pills, mm-hmm. and I put multivitamins in here, <gasps> which I've only recently started to that take. That is genius. And um. I, I went full in on my multivitamins. What have we got I've in got, there? So I can't remember what that, that one is. So that one's rubbish. But I've got uh, lion's mane, mushroom lion's mane, which oh is good God. for the nervous system and memory. Uh-huh. Um, I've got Antarctic krill. You see that dark one there? I've never heard of any of Antarctic these things. Antarctic Krill. What you, what? <laughs> no, no, I've never heard of never heard of that. Right. What is Antarctic krill? Well, a fish. It's uh, it's krill. From, <laughs> as far as I can understand, it's krill from the Antarctic. Wow. Um, I've got vitamin D3 oh and um, magnesium, which is good for uh, your hearing because I have quite bad hearing. Oh. Pun. 
So that makes me feel like I've got my shit together. I like think it's actually get... out of all the objects, that is the most impressive one that we've had on this. Well, can I just say as well that I, you'll... I love that. Yeah? Absolutely love yeah. that. Yeah. But you will and... notice that today is Saturday. <laughs> Unopened. And all of the week... Well, no, I normally have it in the evening. Oh, I see, I see. All of the week thus far, completed. Mm-hmm. So I know where I'm at in the yeah. week. If it's Sunday, uh-huh. let's say, and that Saturday box is full, mug, that shit, is not so together. That is so clever. And, and is that a key ring... <laughs> you can attach it to any key ring of well, your true choosing well. or we, or indeed you know those chains people used to wear Trendy. in the noughties to like yeah. attach a wallet mm-hmm. you can attach it to that as well which wow. um, I find really does prove you're single do you feel the benefits of taking your right, daily now. vitamins because this is you know my mum has been desperately trying to get me to do it and yeah yeah well i could not recommend more highly enough oh, wow. this little box specifically Three the pa- antarctic this antarctic grill. specific one <laughs> i would say the antarctic grill is probably my highlight is that in holland and barrett i've never fucking heard of that before you've in my never life. heard of antarctic grill no you haven't lived love no no i know you haven't lived um is it an upper or a downer <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a gen, it's, it's like a gentle buzz, to be honest. Um, Feel like you're floating. This is uh, my uh, black moleskine. Like a diary, like a journal. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Where I write everything. Um, it's like organized chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I followed a little workshop on this from a French woman who was like, oh, this is how I do things. And they were like, oh, this is, those are nice ideas, you know, like to try and dump also mm. your creative ideas or what you read. And I put also, I draw myself my own calendar in it and I only have this. And then I know that it's like, I know that if I'm searching for something, if I work on a sound design for a film where it's Mm -hmm. like so many details, I know I can go back to what I wrote because I always write in this. Okay, that's really cool. And not somewhere else. It sounds a bit like, have you heard of bullet journals? It's a bit like this, yeah. 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 So what, what was like the tips from the workshop that you did? What was the woman saying? It was, because also a lot of people do this bullet journal, but it was more like you don't have to follow all the rules Mm. and it's just like as long as you have a little index or where the things are and you can go back and you have uh, you keep it in a way that you want to go back to Mm. it's fine I love that I love what you're saying about um, organized chaos as well because I similarly use a journal every morning just to do mm-hmm. this thing I called that. morning pages. Morning pages. <gasps> yes. Have you done? Um, have you done the artist way? Yes. Oh, Julia Cameron. What a woman. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's changed my life. It really has. Mm-hmm. What I love about it is, so basically morning pages, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, the idea is that you wake up and the first thing that you do is pick up a journal and a pen and you just freehand write everything that's in your head for three pages and you don't stop, you don't comment on it, you're not writing it for anyone, so you're not trying to be funny or anything, it's just honest rubbish. So it could literally be like, I had a dream last night about putting the bins out and now I'm hungry and now that, 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 that. Yes. Because you're doing it for three pages, it's amazing how quickly you will focus in on something. And what she says is that morning pages force you to get specific. You know, when someone's asking you how you are, so often we'll just be like, I'm fine. But it's not really specific. By by writing it and by getting specific, you'll realise, oh, actually, I'm feeling a bit anxious. Why? Oh, it's because of this thing. And then if you're doing that every day, if this thing keeps recropping, then you'll realise that you need to 
Deal with it. Do something about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you do that too. Yes. And actually, funny enough, it's the first time since almost at least two years, maybe three, that I haven't done them for longer than a week. Yeah. Wow. So I have actually a new uh, tape. Yeah. And you want to mm, start again great. because it's, it's crazy how those things can fall off mm. so quickly. I know. And funnily enough, when I, when I realized that I haven't been doing that is when, like you were saying before about the warning sign that something's kind of yeah, getting a the, bit yeah. too much. Because yeah. when I feel like I'm waking up and I'm doing that every morning, I feel like I've got my shit together because I'm yes. dealing with my shit. Exactly. This is the first Yes, and then it feels like I have space also for mm. for other things or for the world or mm. because I had my moment in the morning, yeah. so I cared for myself before, yeah. and uh, it's true. Yeah, since two weeks I I haven't done it, so that, yeah. that's probably also what I'm missing. Yeah. So have you completed the artist way? Because mm-hmm. I've tried three times and I always get up to week nine and I fall off well it means that week nine is important yeah it does doesn't it (laughs) (laughs) that is what she says she says if you feel a resistance to something it probably means that you should be working on it yes Um, it's okay you can start at week nine again definitely at the beginning of this year it was the first time that I took it most seriously Mm -hmm. I felt so creatively in tune and that's when I started like writing poetry and I started doing like spoken Mm -hmm. word and stuff like that and it really does connect you back to creativity again yes yeah and also I like this um for me that it what was really helpful to do that and I have to thank uh, my friend Linda for introducing Mm -hmm. me to this this is also the woman I'm working with with Ekeo Mm -hmm. and what I it feels like you give the gift of Julia Cameron (laughs) I I know I gave it to a friend I do it too yeah and so it's like okay I received the gift and I gave it you know yeah yeah, and it's it's uh it's amazing, um, isn't it? It's yes. amazing watching what it can do for people. Yes, um, and also break down this idea of like the artist, you know, like that you have to suffer. And, and of course, you know, we use our emotions to yeah. to to create. And and there is something very beautiful in the negative mm. uh, emotions. But it doesn't have to be like, you can be well in your life, you know as well yeah for anyone who doesn't know what the artist way is it's a it's a book written by julia cameron i think it she released it in like the 90s and it was just so successful that it comes back all the time Ant's just sat here ordering it for himself now (laughs) and um she wrote this book basically about creativity and how it i guess she she started this course for people and she turned it into a book and there's just been it's changed so many people's lives and it's 12 weeks and you know there's two things that she says that you have to do like you have to so every day it's morning pages and then each week you have to take yourself on two or three artist dates well I think it's like one but you have things to do yeah on top of this of course so an artist date would be something just for yourself you and you're essentially taking your creativity for a date so that might be like going to a gallery or it might just be cooking really nice food and Mm -hmm. being present in that yeah and then also each week has like a chapter that you read and it will be on a certain topic such as shame and then at the end of that week you will have tasks to complete and it'll be confronting shame so it'll be confronting the monsters of your creativity for example so that could be 
a parent or a teacher or someone who's told you you shouldn't be doing it at some point because her argument is that everyone is creative everyone has it within them but at some point people have been told that it's not for them and this is about allowing people to connect with it and you know I think she's got she's got um testimonials from like lawyers who are now screenwriters and stuff like that after having done this course it's amazing isn't it well I think there is nothing wrong being a lawyer and I think also you can be really creative and I like this about the way that also you don't have to completely change your life because it it appears to be such a big thing you know Mm. you don't have to change anything you just have to look at it in a different way or do it with a different attention Mm. and um it's, yeah. it's almost like reintroducing the inner child, isn't it? Exactly. So it's not about, yeah. you, like, you don't have to change your day job, but it's just getting reacquainted with yes. playfulness and curiosity and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really yeah. brilliant. And maybe this can lead to make you quit your day job. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that it's easy and it's not capitalistic no it's not it you need a pen and something to write on it's beautiful there is nothing to buy no no and uh, this i like because it's accessible yes Mm. and uh, so many times also we think that we can't do this or that because the access is not here and there are some truths about that there are some um, glass exactly some barriers But to be creative most of the time, to do the first steps, you don't need... No. You don't need a big microphone to be a good singer. You just need to be brave, like once, and to... to... Or or have a friend that can be brave with you. Yeah. Can you tell us of a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together? I'm going to do a little sidebar here, because there was was definitely... There's a a little moment I can remember thinking, I've really got my shit together here. (laughs) And it was when we, uh, I can't remember where we were, but we were driving back very, very late at night. And it was like one in the morning. And I was absolutely very much of that mindset of going, I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going. We're going to be there in like 10 or 15 minutes. Have the sat nav on, not a problem. And we drove into an industrial estate in uh, in East London. And consequently, there's, there's, there's no internet. And you're going... That's oh, like the start right. of a horror film. It is like the start yeah. of a horror film. And you find yourself going, I have no, no idea where I am. I can't outwardly show this that we could end up as someone's dinner. But here we are. So this is what we're going to do. And there's little flashes of things where you go, ah, maps, old school maps. We have a map in the boot. But obviously wow. you're in an industrial estate. Don't where are the road names? No, 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 no. I have no idea. There's a mouldings building. That's not going to be on an A to Z. So you kind of go, I have no idea where I am or what I'm doing. And then, and this is the part where I thought, I think I've got my shit together here. I remembered in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, written by Douglas Adams, there's a little passage about Zen navigation. And I thought to myself, this is exactly the time I'm going to employ Zen navigation. And the idea is this, (laughs) is that if you are lost, it's probably quite a good idea to try and find someone who looks like they know what they're doing. And that person probably does know what they're doing. And then it's probably quite a good idea to follow them. And sure enough, a random car just came up and I went, right, here we go. This is it. We're going to follow this car. Great. And so we followed this car through this industrial estate. God only knows what these people were actually thinking. Going, why is this car at two in the morning following me through an industrial estate? It's quite worrying. But sure enough, it then kind of weaves its way around all these things. And I'm thinking at this moment, 
think he might be someone's dinner I think, now. I think, I, yeah. I think I've literally taken us oh to, the, to the mouth of the beast. But sure enough, we turn a corner and we're back on the main road. Wow. The internet comes back on. We're five minutes away from where we're going. So sometimes it pays to just allow what is around to just kind of go, okay, well, maybe... Maybe I'll give it up to the universe because wow. at the moment there's no internet, there's no maps, there's nothing that can help us out of this apart from driving around in a circle. Let's just see what wow. happens. Be adaptable to change. And for that, Zen for navigation. that brief moment, I absolutely had my shit together. Well done. And I was absolutely thrilled. That's and brilliant. I have spoken about this for many years and now I'm presenting it on a podcast to the world. In a package. So, yeah. yeah. So if anyone's in any doubt, find someone that knows what they're doing. <laughs> And follow so them. I thought by that that you were just explaining find someone and ask them for directions. It's too easy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too easy. You could have done that. Yes. That's, that was B. That's, what would that be called, if not Zen navigation? That would just be called Common B. Sense. B. Common Sense. <laughs> yeah, Common Sense would okay, prevail. But I yes, don't think yes. I would have liked to get out no, on an industrial estate at one in the morning situation. and knocked yeah. on someone's window. Go, excuse, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry to bother you and everything. Lovely evening. Would you happen to know where the A40 is? That yes. will probably... The other narrative is that you could have ended up following somewhere, someone to their place of work. And, I could have um, ended up following a drug dealer yes. <laughs> and being involved in some sort of massive, you know, sort of heroin heist. Yes. I mean, it, it could have gone quite, quite badly wrong. It would not wrong. be Zen at all. That would the not, opposite of Zen, that would, in fact. Absolutely. And no matter um, how I dress that up, that would have been quite, <laughs> quite, quite a bad situation to be in. At what point would you have lost your cool? I think almost. I think. I think. I think immediately. When think, you are helping smuggling the drugs into the yeah, car. Yeah. What I was saying. Look, just yeah. just keep doing it, darling. Just keep yeah. doing it. Send Smile. Send Smile. This is all going to work. The universe. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. Those blue lights. They'll help us. A time in your life, then, to counter that, where you felt like you really didn't have your shit together. Generally speaking. <laughs> now is a bit like that. Not now. <laughs> this Not podcast. now. This second. Like yeah. I know today, I said on a level on a level of shit to really together yeah, yeah. feel quite together. But perimenopause okay. is a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Hits us. <laughs> well, just mm. it sort of creeps up on you. And mm. still, and I'm kind of deliberately talking about it a lot. Yeah, like and I deliberately say to my students. Not the seven-year-olds. <laughs> it's a bit much for them. But this university students, you know, like, I will sort of, if I am going bright red because I'm having a hot flush, I will say, that's perimenopause. Yeah. Like, because I'm so sick of all, things that happen to 51% of the population yeah. just not being discussed oh, at all. Fucking and it, it can last like, about 15 years, apparently. Yeah. Crikey, as if yeah. we haven't been through enough. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think what it do, the issue with it... For me, and I know some people have really like horrific symptoms, mm -hmm. um, awful, and uh, they're completely kind of silently suffering. And of course, with the state of um, getting an appointment or not getting an appointment yeah, with a GP, etc., all yeah. of that is a bit of a postcode lottery as well at the moment. Um, so some people can't even access any support, or they wouldn't think to. There's no one's talked to them about Don't it. Don't know what it is exactly. Yeah. Like. You know, and of course, it's really weird because actually, it's not. We're calling it men menopause, but menopause is actually the the, the final day. destination. Yeah. 
like 12 yeah. months after you have your last period, there's this whole like potentially 15 years before that where like God. basically loads of stuff is happening to you that you're probably going to think is a brain tumour oh or, God. you know, your leg's going to drop off. or So it's just like yeah. there's 400, up to 400 symptoms or something. That's so That you much. can have. Yeah. So I would say what I've had is, so a bit of not great sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'm a very good sleeper normally. Um, my joints are awful. Which sounds like it, it on its own is quite a minor thing, but actually, it just means that I physically feel like I can't, like I can't bounce around the room, yeah, like I used to. So I feel like I'm doing some of that teaching from the front of the room, mm. sat down, yeah, which is not great teaching. Mm-hmm. I need to be up amongst people, and I literally feel like, oh, my knees always sore, my shoulders are really stiff. You know, sometimes I put my hand into a cupboard to reach something, and I literally feel as though I've broken my arm, and I have to, I have to sort of hold it for a minute, and then it goes away. Um, migraines. Mm-hmm. I mean, like literally, I could I could go and go on and on and on. None of those things independently are that bad, but of course, together, I think what the worry is that you start to lose a bit of confidence in yeah. yourself as a working person, as a confident communicator. Yeah. You start to think things like, oh, you know, I keep having this sort of slightly brain fog. Oh, I've, now I feel underprepared for the session that I'm teaching. To, you know, it's that. Yeah. So then it's then you've, I think what probably gets a lot of people in, in sort of this men, perimenopausal years is probably anxiety about yeah. not, like it's hard enough trying to prove yourself all the time. Anybody, actually, mm. not, not just women, anybody. But to, to then have something that just feels like it's just chipping away at that. Yeah. And also, you are fighting, and there's no way around it. It's not, no one's doing this to me. It's just society, just society, that bitch. Um, <laughs> but you do, you do start to feel like you should step aside, for, like for younger people to come through. You start to feel a bit like, and I think it is, it's partly those physical symptoms and things for women. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't speak for, for what it's like for men. But I just, yeah, I just think you're starting to be aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Every, next phase of your life yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. but also because we don't talk about this I imagine that it can feel very shame filled I mean so much with women's health anyway like yeah. it's I unspoken mean, of like only in the last two years have I started having conversations with people who I know are now experiencing it but I literally thought it just happened then yeah. it was done <laughs> I didn't know that it had all of these things coming. literally this is like my future literally as well. like, how is, would you yeah. how would you know because no one talks to you about it yeah. at all Nobody mentioned it. As a man, I've never been taught anything about it. Yeah. But, the, so, but, if, but, but you, if it was men going but, through it, we'd fucking talk about but, it all the time. But listen, you won't... But I should have been. Yeah. You won't have even age. been talked to about periods, though. You'll have been sent out the room at primary yeah, but, school while we were taken off to be told about periods because <laughs> periods don't affect men at no, all, do they? It's, Ridiculous! It's, it's horrendous. <laughs> it's shame, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Trying to work out where that shame comes from. Yeah. Obviously... The patriarchy, which affects us all, <laughs> you know, actually does affect us all, no, doesn't course, it? But yeah, yeah. yeah, it's 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 more than that. And, uh, you know, we've got to. Yeah, that's why I'm talking openly about yeah. it, I suppose. You know, good on good on Davina, I suppose, oh, for, for yeah. getting that, really getting that conversation yeah, yeah. started. But, you know, for like, look at her. She's a perfect example of a really confident, amazing professional yeah. TV presenter. She talks about it. She forgot someone's name that she was interviewing. Oh I mean, in that job, yeah. 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 Could and not that's not li- that's not even life-changing. Like, she could have got away with that. Everyone makes mistakes. But, yeah. you know, if you're a brain surgeon and yeah. you're experiencing brain fog, mm-hmm. like, that's somebody, that's life or death. So, you know, everybody needs to be shouting about it so Definitely. it just becomes a completely normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, right now, I would say, because of that, I always feel slightly like I've, I'm not quite 
firing on. Yeah. I'm not quite able to reach my capacity because mm-hmm. I'm just feeling a bit uncertain, I suppose. Well, it's like you're, you're going through like a prolonged transformation, I guess. And, you know, I guess that's why it is called The Change. I'm trying yeah. to remember. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a podcast. The Change, yeah. Davina McCall had a word for it. Maybe it was The Change. She talks about it. She has like a word for it that... Well, I think that's the thing that everyone used to call better, it, didn't they? Yeah. Because I don't know what was wrong with saying well, menopause. Like behind... Yeah, it's like a, a way, it's like um, I now realise when I th- when you think back to people talking about you know their wives maybe in their fifties and sort of saying she's got problems with her nerves. Yeah. <laughs> like, she hasn't got problems with her nerves, <laughs> has she? No, right? She's menopausal and yeah. nobody understands. Yeah, it was that, wasn't it? Yeah. And and not so long ago. Back in that industrial revolution, men were able to go, oh, this this one's lost her mind. Put yeah. her in an asylum. God, yeah. <laughs> I'll marry a younger woman. And literally yeah. that happened all the time. Yeah. Loads of women were put in asylums because of their nerves. God. And actually it was their body, like, naturally Changing ending a cycle of, frankly... Hard work and suffering well, for another. Hell, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's fascinating, isn't Life it? And it? Yeah, it's just. It's fucking never ended. <laughs> well, it I, is ending. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I mean, loads of people say they find that very liberating. So, in in yeah. a weird way, I think I don't know about everybody. I'm slightly worried that I'll grow a beard. <laughs> You'd rock a bit. <laughs> Thanks. In which case, I will embrace it. I'll cover it in jam and run through the forest. <laughs> Three things that make you feel like shit. Um, my body makes me feel shit. Okay. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm definitely been on a battle with for ages. Like, mm-hmm. I used to be super big, didn't I? Then I went super skinny. And now I went big again. So now I'm <laughs> on the way to be. But whatever that means. But, yeah. like, this time around, I'm in a different mind zone. Mm. But again, I need to like, again, with sex and porn and all of those horrible mm. things, like, we just have such unrealistic body types, like, yeah. ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I when I first looked with a guy and he was like, oh, God, have you cut yourself on my shoulder? And I was like, no, the stretch marks. And he was like, oh, yeah. like, we don't even know what those things are because yeah, everyone's yeah. so, like, no talks about it. airbrushed and perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if you've not seen one before, what would you, why would you know yeah, what one yeah. is? Like, people think women only get stretch marks when they're pregnant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Completely. Yeah. I've got broad shoulders, actually. Even yeah, when I was yeah. skinny, I got stretch marks just because yeah. I'm, I'm a stocky guy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely my body makes me feel shit at times, but I'm working on that, mm. and that's that's me working towards feeling like I'm getting my shit together. Because mm-hmm. what is a normal body type? Like, it's so frustrating because, actually, I'm so good at giving advice, like everyone. yeah. But, like, when I look inwards, I'm like, I'll take oh any God, of it on board. Insane. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I've only recently started, like, when you were talking about shame before, I've only recently started being able to compartmentalise that for myself and to recognise the difference between, like, when I feel guilty about something mm. and when I feel shame. And that, I think that's, like, a Brené Brown thing. But that right. was compartmentalising that was so useful for me because it was, like, guilt is productive. Guilt is, like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, I don't know, I shouldn't have decided to leave the toaster on for too long and like burn the house down i feel bad mm. about that That's yeah, like yeah awful yeah. analogy <laughs> <laughs> or like i've Beautiful. failed an exam i should have studied for it you know yeah, i yeah, feel yeah. guilty about the fact that i didn't mm. whereas like shame is just like i'm a terrible person feelings yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. not a terrible person no. like it's just not productive no. you just end up like berating yourself so much and but it's so easy to fall into so i think especially when when you are a humble person or you can just or an empathetic person you just end up taking on such a load so much constantly 
But another thing as well is that there's a difference between body positivity and body neutrality. Yeah. And I think the media and, you know, social media especially is like, we should all be body positive and, like, love ourselves. And, like, that is not an achievable goal for so many people. Mm, no. Um, but body neutrality, like, accepting yourself yeah. is... And 100%. that's something more tangible to work towards. And it's like... God, I know people that have got from all different shapes and sizes and, like, they genuinely do love their body. Yeah. But, like, I don't. So, like, we can talk about, like, how amazing, like, being bigger is and, like, curves and all those things. But I'm like, I can keep manifesting that to the girls can come. But, like, through through years of societal conditioning, I feel shit. So, like, there's no amount. So I'm trying to take some control of what that is. I'm never going to have an eight-pack or a six-pack. But, Mm. like, also I've I've learned the, the, the mental effects of, like, the positivity of working out. Yeah. Which which is the reason why you want to do it. Like. It's kind of terrifying this time around though because I remember my friend Jen, best friend Jen from home, I was we was I was like, I'm on it again. I'm on I'm on the health mm. wagon again. I, th- I feel like I've really, like, I've flicked a switch now. Um, and then she got a throwback from when we travelling to Bali mm. and there's a picture of me, like, under a waterfall. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm on it. I'm going to look like that again yeah. soon. And Jenny was like... Just to let you know, that day, I remember so clearly, you wouldn't take your vest off because oh you felt God. insecure. And I was it's like, insane, isn't it? there's no hope. <laughs> this, is, this is what's insane now, is that we're no longer comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. I am now comparing myself to myself. Right. Because... You know, iPhones are giving you the throwbacks from like five years ago. Right. And I see a picture come on where I remember that I felt like, I, you know, I've never thought of myself highly necessarily. Mm. But I look at a picture of myself from five years ago and I'm like, fucking hell, like I looked so much better then. Yeah. Didn't know it at the time. But now I'm comparing myself to myself and yeah. being like, God, why do I look older? Why do you. you it's know? horrific. And I, actually, that picture was like seven takes yeah. with a high angle, with a sure. with a filter. And like, actually, like, you live in it, you live in a. Um, a warped version of the old yeah. you too, like. But we're not consenting to these things being no. on our phone, like you mm. know, you download, you you install something like that, like throwbacks, because you think it'd be quite nice to see a picture of like you with your friends mm. five years ago. But when it's just like a selfie or something from yourself, like oh my god, I, I didn't actually choose to see that, and it's made me feel like shit, and yeah. I've got to go about Aww. the day, you know, just stuff like that. It's yeah. it's nuts. Black Mirror vibes. Absolutely. Um, I think we probably answered some of this, but we can repeat things. Three things that make you feel like shit. Unfairness. Oh, <laughs> she's broad. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if, I think that's what other people would say about me as well. Like, if something isn't fair... Injustice. Yeah, yeah. And it can be anything from, like, famously, in another one of my moments in my life where I definitely didn't have my shit together, which was when I had young children. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a ch- shock to the system. Oh. <laughs> Going from being a really together, organised person who taught and people respected and... <laughs> Asked about work to, you know, being a mums and toddlers group with people saying, have they tried raisins yet? Well, <laughs> oh my God. When did I become this person? So I did have this moment in Sainsbury's in Stockport where mm. I'd been waiting. Oh, this is this is so pathetic, but this is who I am, so I might as well be honest. Uh, I'd been waiting for a parent and child parking space for about 10 minutes mm-hmm. and somebody came the wrong way round the car park, not following the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> and went into the space. Oh, my God. I was sat indicating to go in. That and is audacious. It, it hit me over the edge, I'll yeah. be honest with you. So I parked somewhere else and then I followed this woman round the <laughs> supermarket. I had my mum with me and everything. <laughs> Toby in a pushchair and my mum. And at the end of every single aisle, 
There I was waiting for her. <laughs> Glaring. <laughs> and as she walked past me, I would say, still no children with you? Because <laughs> she'd parked in a parent and child's place. Because as she, to be fair, go back, track back, track back. <laughs> as she got out of the car, yeah. I got out of the, she parked and got out of the car mm. and I got out of the car and said, excuse me, that's a parent and child's place. She said, I'm meeting my children inside. Oh. So I thought, are oh, you now? Are you? Are you? <laughs> we'll see we'll about see that. <laughs> And then I literally think I must have been on the verge of some sort of breakdown because then at the till we you ended up at we I ended hope. up at a, a till. I don't even remember what I bought. I don't even know what I wanted from there. We Not ended up at a till next to each other, and I announced. I literally announced to the whole shop, "This woman is a liar." Shame. She parked in a parent jet. My mum's like going, Stop. "Bring it back! Bring it back!" It's too far gone. Too far gone. Did you throw yeah. her eggs on the floor? No, I didn't do. I wouldn't. I didn't do anything physically to her because <laughs> that would be criminal. But I made sure everybody knew. Everybody in that Sainsbury's knew that this woman had. This is my child. He's eighteen months old. We had to park. And this is my mother, and I am her child. <laughs> two generations of children here. Exactly. This woman still has none with her. I mean, it was you know, like I'm not proud of it. But it does sort of sum up what I'm like. Just so hates injustice. Yeah, Fair. but it literally can be something tiny like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it just, just why can't people just be good people? Mm. It really, really upsets me. I'm trying to think. There's got to be at least. I mean, I must be able to dig out four or five of those kind of stories because I've definitely done some crazy shit in my time <laughs> in the name of fairness <laughs> I think sometimes James can see that I'm going like maybe my eyes change like the Hulk you know and he's like uh oh <laughs> she's going I think he probably worries that it'll get me into trouble because mm. I am that person who mm-hmm. if something happened on a tram I would have to stand up for I've somebody I've got that in me yeah, yeah. and yeah you have yeah. We, we are yeah. we're aligned, aligned in that aren't very we very much so I always remember there was a time when I was living in Oxford um, and I was walking home with my boyfriend at the time and I think it was like a Friday night and there were this like tussle started and this guy had like pushed someone to the ground or something like this. And I was like, I don't know, I just was like so red and I like went and I broke them. I was like, get off him, get off him, get off him. Pushed him away. And I was like, to the guy on the floor, I was like, are you okay? Da, 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 da. And then as we were walking away, Hal was like, you know, he was the one who started the fight. <laughs> and I've like completely aligned myself with the guy who was lying on the floor. <laughs> Oops. I'm here for you. You've got an ally here. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Have a go, hero. No, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I guess how hard I can be on myself. Mm-hmm. Like, it just takes the smallest thing to, like, trigger me and set me off. And yeah. then, oh, my God, it's it's crazy how easily, like, I don't know how you feel, but how quickly you are to just agree with your inner critic oh, you're like yeah. yep you are a piece of shit yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just yeah that that's something that really gets me and I'm as I'm growing older I'm becoming more like self-aware and I'm I'm able to like you know pinpoint that that voice mm. and that feeling and and I can kind of tell the difference between what is real and what isn't when I'm feeling that way mm. um, but it's been something I've struggled with everyone struggles with it you know yeah, yeah. Like insecurities but what do you what do you think that is do you think it's like a perfectionism I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think it's like kind of an OCD thing as well. Like right. I used to have a really bad eating disorder and, and although I've I've come through that, um, like it's something that will always linger, I feel. There's a Brené Brown podcast I listened to where she was talking about perfectionism. Yeah. And where perfectionism drives us, shame is there. Yeah. Perfectionism is a function of shame. 
the opposite of perfectionism is healthy striving or striving for excellence. Yeah, it just really resonated with me. But because I have that same thing and like even around like the eating disorder and stuff like that, what what it sounds like to me is... um, trying to control when you feel like you have a lack of control and that's what perfectionism is is as well like you feel so out of control with so many things so rather than accepting what is and is not within your control you're Mm -hmm. you're like zooming in on on the minutiae and no exactly yeah and it takes away from things that should be enjoyable, you yeah. know, like that gig I did last weekend. There were moments of the gig where I was able to just be present and like mm. I really enjoyed myself. But then there are other moments where I'm just like so hyper-focused on how I'm being perceived, yeah. how I'm looking, how I'm sounding. And it's just like in my head, I'm just like, oh, you're doing so wrong. You sound yeah. like shit. Like t- stop. Like even throughout the first song, I had to pull away from the mic a few times because I was just overwhelmed with this feeling of like that inner critic just being like, you need to maybe just yeah. get off the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that makes me feel like shit. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. And I have gotten better thanks to therapy. Yeah, um, yeah. This is sponsored by therapy. <laughs> I think all of these episodes are, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely have that. It's like that self-sabotaging thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and just being so hard on ourselves. Completely. And if my friends came to me and were saying this stuff, I'd be like, what are yeah. you talking about? Like, yeah. stop. But it does, it It just, I hate the power and the ability it has to like just suck the good out or yeah, just the good out of like yeah. times where I should have felt proud of myself Definitely. or like I've achieved something, yeah. you know. There are parts of being a perfectionist that I think are kind of good. Yeah. It means I will always want to practice and yeah. like, you know, I always want to do my absolute best. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately it is overshadowed by that like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. you voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a toxic little shit yes <laughs> three things that make you feel like the shit oh, okay so that bit where you're at like a dinner or mm. at the pub and there's like a kind of groove of socializing that you get into sometimes oh, where yeah. suddenly it feels like you're like um like on a smooth little slide <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's party slide oh, yeah <laughs> i'm like oh i'm managing this easily yeah. it's with people that i like yeah. know or have really clicked with mm-hmm. and it's like we're really vibing off each other and there's like a good connection mm-hmm. and all the jokes are landing <gasps> yeah. and everybody's having a nice time and you feel like you're contributing to that mm-hmm. that's the sweet spot for yeah, me yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. my happy happy that's kind place. of like the transcendent thing that mm. you were saying totally yeah I suspect all these things will be transcendent yes, things yeah, yeah. <laughs> we transcend yeah um, yeah being in the moment with people and yeah yeah love that yeah, yeah. really very like very that. present yeah. yeah it's kind of like the the kind of happy fun vibe without mm. it tipping into like hysteria yep 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 no before it starts being like chaos <laughs> yeah chaos where you've like gone slightly off the rails what it is is being exactly on the rails yeah, yeah, but yeah. going but having but a lovely time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Great. Um, love that one yeah that's definitely my top one yeah what would you say your best fact is oh now, now you're talking um oh there's just there's just so many they kind of they kind of they kind of clog the doorway you're a human encyclopedia there's, there's just there's, there's just so much oh this was quite this is this is quite fun. And this could fall into the other category of that's not true. <laughs> I don't know about that. But for instance, I was reading about why women's clothes don't have pockets. Right tell. Yeah, now you're interested. I, okay, you're talking my language. And there's there's two theories. There's one which you'll know instantly, that's the one you like. And there's another one which could possibly be the truer of the two. Uh-huh. 
One is, is because of mass production, it's much easier to make dresses or trousers on large scales if you don't have pockets because um, you're not hand sewing things anymore. So just making an outline of a dress and sewing it is okay. a lot cheaper and quicker to make. The other one, which is the one I like, is to do with witchcraft. Excellent. And it's, Excellent. And it's the fact that women, they took away pockets in like the 17th century because women would hide spells <gasps> and other things or what was perceived as like you're hiding things from the men folk. Oh so my God. men took away pockets from women's clothing I so you that. couldn't hide anything. Wow. One of the conversations that we have as the women on Outlander quite a lot is how you have to earn your pockets. Because in the first series that you started out, I didn't have pockets. I don't think Katrina did. Sophie didn't. And I think by their third season, pockets were sewn into... Because obviously, we're not actually in the 17th century anymore. Mm. Like, we have phones when we're not filming. We like to scroll, like anyone. Like the men folk. Absolutely. Um, So by about the third season, you earn your pockets. But I wonder if it's they they just thought that we'd all be casting spells on the Outlander set. I mean, there are witchy things around constantly. There you go. There you go. From the past. Wow, that is a good fact. It's a good fact. That's an excellent fact. It's a fact. good fact. I don't know which one of those is true, but I obviously I much prefer the idea yeah. of well, I find it hard to believe the first one because men, it's the same with men. You all have jeans being made all the time and Ab- you've got pockets. Absolutely. And mass producing shirts, for instance, yeah. that's got a pocket that's, in that it. Very shirt has a pocket. Perk. Exactly. Yeah. Can't be that difficult, which makes me then think that it's just a hangover from yeah. that period. And another one to do with garments is why women's buttons are on the other side to men's like a men's shirt buttons yeah, yeah, this yeah. way and a woman's shirt buttons the other mm-hmm. way and the reason being is that men would dress themselves and women would often have someone who would dress no. dress them which is why it's on the other side wow there excellent you. excellent excellent facts. excellent facts excellent facts see now i really feel i've got my shit and together and now i will disprove you and we'll see what happens and now <laughs> the goddess google will yeah. now prove that no, to be no. wrong i'll allow that to exist within the room i like those facts good okay yeah. so then one final thing that makes you feel like the shit um that makes me feel like the shit there's so many little victories in a in a in a kind of an average day so mm. it's nothing big or kind of bells and whistles but i would say because you've got things like for instance you know when you nail a scene or you you know you've got a difficult scene to do and you really nail it and you go and you think to yourself that was really good and i genuinely feel i've done that well so that's a really good thing but that's on a larger scale but then there are smaller scale things like finding a parking space that your car just fits is a glorious wonderful thing is you just think, yeah, and it's right outside the building that you're supposed to be in. Mm. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's satisfaction. Know. Yeah. Mm. Seasoning food to perfection. Oof. That is something because you realise once you've hit that sweet spot, you realise when it's not, that's not, mm. that's not very good. Getting a really good cup of coffee. That is a glorious thing. When buying you, one. Either buying one yes. or making it. Oh, yes. And just getting it. Going, that is temperature, mm. sweetness, yes. Everything about this is perfect. It doesn't happen all that often, which makes it all the sweeter when it yeah. does happen. Same as parking spaces, same as foods. Those little, those little victories in a day. And I think, genuinely, those are the things that people should pay more attention to. Mm-hmm. Three things that make you feel like the shit. Ooh, okay. Um, I love it when I find something great in a charity shop. Okay. Like, I've got... I think I get it from my mum, but mm-hmm. I... 
have such a good success rate on finding the best things in charity uh-huh. shops or just like secondhand shops. Yeah, yeah. And that makes me feel like, I don't know, good about myself. Yeah, hell yeah. Because it's like, as well, it's... You have to put in effort. It's work. You do. It's yeah. fucking, it takes hours. Yeah. Trudging through the shit. Yes. That, yeah, yeah. Know, and specifically charity shops as well, because you can go to like thrift stores and stuff mm-hmm. where it's a bit more curated. Yeah. Whereas like a charity shop, it's a free for all. Yeah. You're, you're trying to find that one diamond in the in the rough. rough. Um, good. It, yeah. it teaches you patience and resilience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that makes me and it also because I love um most of my clothes are secondhand and I've uh-huh. really, really tried to make a conscious effort to only shop secondhand. Mm-hmm. There are some things, of course, that you know you can't get secondhand. Yeah. Um, um but I, I try and go for a sustainable brand or like even my merch it's all like sustainably Mm. sourced um, materials and stuff um but yeah it makes me feel good that I'm like kind of contributing in a good way Mm -hmm. but also going home with like a really good bargain (laughs) (laughs) what's what's the last thing that you got do you remember um oh there's a couple things I got a Gucci necklace Oh my god! Thirty quid. Oh my in god! A charity shop. Tell you what, charity shops in London have some good shit. In oh, them. they fucking do. But what I noticed when I first came, because mm-hmm. like charity shops in Oldham and stuff would be like ninety nine p. Like mm-hmm. everyone was like ninety nine p. Oh god, no! London charity shops have clocked on. They... I think specifically depending on which area you go to, yeah. but they started to clock on that. I mean, and as well they should. Yeah, no, they <laughs> for should. the charity, but like. <laughs> But yeah, they have clocked onto it a bit more, so it can be a bit more expensive. But the fact that you got mm. that for so cheap oh is like... Oh my God, I was so happy. I was in some... I find some charity shops well can be a little bit like pretentious or mm. like, you know, I get it. When it's like, especially in a place like Islington, like they want to, you know, yeah. it's going to be good um, quality clothes. Yeah, and yeah. It's, um, But then I did find this. It's my favourite charity shop and it's a secret. I've been keeping it a secret, okay. but I... Um, tell me after. I will. But everything... <laughs> is like two to 15 pounds. Wow. And I bought this gorgeous like German trench coat oh my the God. other day for eight pounds. Wow. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. We've yeah. got um, a trade near me. Oh, a trade is great. They're really good. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know how they do it, but they'll have like Converse for like 99p. They'll just like, oh my God, yeah. they'll do like a sale day uh-huh. where like all their shoes are like a pound or something. Amazing. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool. Like they always have dead um, quirky like... Um, shop window mm-hmm. um, yeah. things because I think they get like fashion schools <laughs> yeah. to like design, design them they're the cool um, yeah god love mm-hmm. that something that makes you lose your shit in a positive and a negative way oh I don't know if something really good happens for someone I care about mm-hmm. I get so excited like I was telling you about my boyfriend being in Rockfield yeah. and I was just so excited and he was playing his demos to me the other day in my house and I was just like he had these, um, his friend um, recorded strings for the songs mm-hmm. and he was playing them and I was just like getting ready in my room and I came and I was almost like in tears because I was like, this is fucking amazing. Oh like you gosh. should be so proud. Like oh. I really got so excited. I'm still so excited. Yeah. Just, yeah. So that makes me lose my shit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, really buzzing for someone that I care about and yeah, like, things yeah. are going well for them. That yeah. makes me really, really happy. Yeah. Um, That's so nice because like not, Everyone can say that, you know. Mm. I think sometimes you can... It's that self-comparison thing as well, isn't it? Where you can be like, oh, but I kind of want that thing as well. But it's, like, amazing to be able to just be purely happy for Mm -hmm. someone. I mean, it's taken me a long time to get to that place because there has been times when I've been like, fuck you, this should be my one. (laughs) (laughs) That should be me. But no, I've learned that it's better to... 
I'm learning to stay humble and, you know, I want to be grounded and I want to be able to express my joy for for those that I care about who are succeeding. Like, of course I do, of course. Something that makes you lose your shit. Oh. I can't imagine you ever losing your shit. Angsty person. Just just come to the cinema with me. So... (laughs) So, I don't think we've actually been in movies together, so, like, you, you, you'll experience that. Uh-huh. Unless we're in a good audience. But I hate people who talk in, in the movies. I, I hate it. And I will, like... I'm not a confrontational guy no, at all. Not I'm a people-pleaser. <laughs> but if someone talks, no matter who they are, I will say, excuse me, can you be quiet? I'll give it, I'll give it a moment. Sometimes, sometimes it has just been, like, you'll share, like, a wee moment. That's what, you know, going to see a film is about, is yeah. sharing an experience. But it's constant and they're talking about something completely different. Grinds mm-hmm. my gears, Caitlin, and I lose my shit. I go like I've done, I've gone I've got into some scrapes sometimes because of it. <laughs> one one day I remember uh, I went to the cinema and my, my yeah. pal Charlie reminds me of this all the time. We went to the cinema to go see 1917. We went to the IMAX to see it. Yeah. I was so excited to see this movie. Love the director, love the cast, um, I love kind of period pieces like that. I was so excited to see this movie. And the IMAX, so loud, and like you can't even see hear yourself think. Yeah. These guys behind us just chatting away. And I was like, I can't believe we're doing this. I can, I can hear them. This is mad. It's so loud and I can hear them. So I turn around and I'm like, can you be quiet, please? The guy's like six foot six, built like a tank, <laughs> looked like a mobster. And he just looks down at me like, oh my you God. saying, pal? And I'm just, I just turn around and be like, oh, no. Oh, God. I cannot believe I did that. But like, I just, it does just grind my gears, especially because you spend so much money in a cinema. Yeah, definitely. And you're if ruining you, other people's go experiences. Talk, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Or talk um, about the movie after it. Yeah. Funny, funny you should mention that, Paul, because um, did this not happen to you? You're going to make me tell the story, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to make you tell the story. This is For story. the world to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just want to hear it again. Um, Okay, fair enough. Okay, it's a good, it's a good story. It's, it's an num- excellent story. I, I feel like it's an embarrassing story, and I was heavily embarrassed afterwards as well. Okay, so <laughs> I got tickets to go see the Seagull, the uh, Jamie yeah. Lloyd's uh, company. I uh, went Brilliant. to go see Serrano uh, with my with my partner, mm-hmm. um, and we absolutely loved it. And Jamie Lloyd was directing the Seagull, like a new adaptation. I was like, I'll put tickets for that. Covid yeah. happened, so I got delayed two years. So now, so we went down in August there. Well, mm-hmm. July, July 30th or like August the 1st was the show. So we sat, we came in. Beautiful so, scene setting. So <laughs> excited to see the play. And the play was amazing, by the way. Amazing performances. Mm-hmm. So you sit down and I think, and the way the play, before it begins or the, as you come in, there's already actors on stage. Um, and there's loads of chairs set out. They're all facing the back of the stage, apart from one, which is Amelia Clark's. Yeah. Um, uh, chair because she's she's playing Nina um, and the actors are kind of mulling about and doing kind of like things that they've been directed to do but the play had not started yet and famously Paul you are a rule breaker I am a I am a you rebel. are a rebel without I'm a, a rebel cause. without a cause <laughs> <laughs> that's just about to say that I am a rebel without a cause and I, I don't normally do that I don't normally take pictures mm-hmm. I just like to just, just watch the play oh yeah sure maybe, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe take a wee picture afterwards as well, mm. um, but not 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 before. But the play hadn't started yet, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to sneakily take one. You know how your iPhone does that thing when it's dark yeah. and it tries to like light up the picture for mm. you, so it takes maybe three or four seconds to do that. So I popped my phone up, and it was doing the three second thing, and then all I hear behind me is, I'll move away from the microphone. <laughs> Turn off your goddamn phone, <laughs> and I literally 
shit myself. Talking about <laughs> not having your shit together, I did not have my shit together at that oh moment. Shit myself, yeah, embarrassed, yeah. Oh my so God. embarrassed, Absolutely. humiliated, being yeah, like, I yeah. can't believe, I never do this, it's just mm. so embarrassing, I can't believe this happened. Yeah. The guy next to the guy who just shouted at me was like, Sam. And he got another guy who shouted at me, was like, what? The young man's taking a photograph and he's not supposed to. <laughs> I was like, this is mortifying, I cannot this believe mortifying. this has happened. I'd be mortified. Cannot well. believe this has happened. Surely it can only get better. It can only get better. <laughs> Or worse. Five minutes later, <laughs> the play hadn't started yet. Play had not started yet. Yeah. The actors were still coming on stage, climbing on, getting their seats. So I thought, I'll look around and yeah. see who, who's, who's shouting at me. Yeah. I look around and I'm looking back and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So I turn to my partner and I'm like, can you like, not make this obvious? Can you look around and see? Is that Samuel Jackson's like, behind me? And she, and she goes, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And she turns back and she's like, yeah, it is, yeah. And I'm like, I think you just shouted at me from <laughs> The most famous actor, arguably, oh, in the my world. God. For 10 seconds of this Samuel... This is your claim to fame. For, this is my claim. How sad is that? 10 seconds of Samuel Jackson's life was he was annoyed with Paul Gorman. Um, and the thing is, though, I heard this. Vocally annoyed as well. I heard this. I, my partner disagrees, but I heard his phone went off during the second <laughs> half. Now I look back, being like, uh-huh. Oh, it's all right, uh, you're still missing it. All right for some, but in my head, I was probably, <laughs> did not do that, and I didn't hear wow. that. Full but, um, Pulp Fiction treatment. Full <laughs> Pulp Fiction. And you know what? He had the right to do it. It was not allowed to do. Um, stand your ground, Paul. Stand was your it, ground. Was it a good picture, at least? Oh, it was a horrific picture, that's the thing. <laughs> it, like, it was absolutely Quivering. the worst. It was, it was shit. I was hoping it was a live photo, so you could hear like his yeah. voice in the oh background. But, um, Hilarious. Yeah. One thing that makes me lose my shit, but... It's, it's quite funny because I actually don't, I love when people are dancing at weddings and you will see a lot of that content coming out of the grease stuff. Can't wait. Um, and I don't dance. Like it takes a lot of drinks for me to dance. Uh-huh. Um, so I like to say, I think I said this recently in an interview, I said it takes me 10 drinks to dance, but eight <laughs> drinks to die. So <laughs> the dancing just never happens. Wow. Um, I'm not but, sure I like those odds. <laughs> yeah. I, and so, like, I love that. I love when a, a song comes on because it's like you see people just, it, like, so vulnerable in their yeah, elements. So um, if you're my brother, you're just ridiculous. And, you know, it, it just brings so much joy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just it is one of the the best things yeah. that does make me lose my shit. And I was like, oh, it's so exciting. And I always <laughs> am there capturing it. Yeah. My brother actually texted me uh, because when I put that dance video of him up, I have a great video, a TikTok of his baby watching him dance at a wedding and she's re- reacting to it. And he's like, don't <gasps> you dare put that on Instagram. And I was like, it won't. <laughs> That sounds For adorable. the listeners, I just winked. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so a moment that you found some shit out about yourself. Whoa. Every day. I started therapy this year. Started therapy this year and found a lot of shit out about myself. Um, it does that. It does just do that. It's just what it says on the tin, doesn't it? Um... But through me, (laughs) we've spoken about this so much, like you end up finding shit out about yourself in the way that you're talking about yourself to a complete stranger. you the wisest person in the world for it. Yeah, you really do. It's very validating. Yeah, because the assumption is that you're going to lie on a couch (laughs) and some like person with a, like rich person with a doctorate is going to tell you about yourself. It's like, that's not the reality at all. You're just explaining something and you realise it in the moment. And then if a good, if you've got a good therapist, they're like, 
pick a little thing and they're like, hang yeah. on, talk a bit more about that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. God, yeah. <laughs> but I think I found the shit out about myself because I am a person, as you know, who likes to... Um, seemingly, I seem like I've got my shit together. Mm. And I am in doing... In the friend, like in friendship groups, I'm like the person that holds people together and stuff. And um, I think I know myself quite well. And mm. like, I'll explain what's going on in my life to someone from a place of like knowing and from a place yeah. of removedness and be like, I've, this is it. I can speak about it objectively because I understand it. Yeah. And then suddenly <laughs> being like, okay, that's that. Um, that was that was also a realisation that I had in yeah. therapy. And I remember us having this very conversation yeah. in New York when we were both crying into Start our little Italy, um, <gasps> Italian cheesecake. Yes, which was <laughs> we will have a nice time. <laughs> um, but this was a conversation that we had. I think both of us felt something similar, that knowing yourself wanting to have such a grip of understanding about who you are, reading all the books, being super analytical, like analysing every aspect of your relationship with other people, your relationship to yourself, da 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 like feeding, feeding, feeding on information and being able to share that with people in a really concise, yeah. articulate way is actually an avoidance to yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. from actually sitting with the yeah. thing. So, you know, whenever I've felt shit, I've gone into that, why do I feel like shit? I must understand this. I must yeah. put it into a nice little box and put a bow on it so that I can present it to myself and to other people. Yeah, um, yeah. But actually what that is avoiding is sitting and feeling yeah. and muddling through the actual emotions of it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is way less appealing than being the wisest person yeah, in the world. absolutely, absolutely. And when, when there's aspects of, like, your identity that mm -hmm. you... From a real, from a fear, like from a fearful yeah. place that you like put onto that, that you're like, oh, I'm the kind of person who's got my shit together, or I'm, exactly. I'm the kind of person who like can put this thing in a bow and present it, and like yeah. this person's the kind of person who doesn't, who comes like a bit more messy and yeah. whatever. Um, then that your whole sort of uh, like notion of yourself is in flux when you're like, well, hang on a minute, like, yeah, exactly, sitting in it, and I think it and it's been really beautiful to watch. Um, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but as we've touched on, mm -hmm. our relationship has been, we've been so close and we've been like sisters, but there's also been that level of removedness that yeah. we'd come into our, each other's lives, like as and when we needed each other and yeah. stuff like that. And I always saw you as, and like we've spoken about it as well, like older than me, I've kind of looked up to you, all of these things. Mm -hmm. I always thought of you as someone who did, and I was envious of you because you seemed like you had the answer to everything yeah. and all of these things. The joy of having moved in with you and knowing mm. you now in such a more intimate way, I thought I knew you so intimately, but is the fact that you don't. Yeah. And that, for me, is so much more beautiful because <laughs> it's like I'm. you're allowing me to see every shade of you, which I think in the past yeah, has yeah, been yeah. more... You've wanted to, but you've been scared to do that. Yeah. And the work that you're doing now that I've been witnessing is to allow people to see all of those aspects of you. Mm. And that just... It's so humanising and it's so... You know, it's only making me love you more. And yeah. I always loved you. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's very... Yeah, it's a realer form of love, I think. Oh, Babes. So there you go. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Shittest piece of advice you've received? Um, get a job. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to 
try not to make it just about music as well. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Um, but it can be though. That's a huge part of who you are. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, yeah. I guess I guess touch on the joke I just made. I think I've um, been pushed to rethink my 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 career choice mm. um, by parents and girlfriends in the past, whatever. Um, but I've always seen and known where I will end up, and I think that's. Yeah, I've never, I've never really listened to that piece of advice, but it's... Where do you think that comes from, in terms of... Stubbornness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly don't know, man. It's, it's strange when I think about it, but like when I like, visualise my life as a kid, I'm talking like four or five years mm-hmm. old, it would either be in a football stadium or also in a football stadium, but doing music. <laughs> so as you know, well, the football stadium is a big part of that, then. The football stadium's the biggest part yeah, of that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've, I've always just, I've always just seen like big things. Yeah. I can't really make sense of it. Yeah. But um, and I've just yeah, I've held on to that. Yeah. Even when you feel like other people are telling you to move away from that, you're just yeah. that's like such a strong sense of self. Yeah. To keep doing that. Definitely. I, yeah. I feel I, I've I've always felt this as a performer and also as a songwriter. Of like, I feel like there's something that I'm tapping into that nobody else has. Mm. Which, um, sounds a bit self-righteous, but... but I don't think so, because I think most creatives must have that. The odds are so to, yeah. stacked against yeah, yeah, you exactly. that why should you succeed? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I've had similar things where, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor and then someone will tell me that ex-teacher might say, do you think that's realistic or whatever? Yeah. Are you good enough? I've had self-doubt where I've been like, I don't think I'm good enough. Yeah, and yet there's something that's like, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like a fucking fire that's like, it won't let up. Mm. I don't know. I think, I think with creativity, it's so much more than just a job. It's like your fucking fire. It's yeah. like, there's no point in getting up if you can't do it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. It's... Um... I mean, sometimes I wish this wasn't the case, but it is the only thing that fucking... I live for it, man. Yeah. 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 It's almost, like, bigger than us as well. 100%. Yeah. I almost owe it to... <laughs> I owe it to the music to do. <laughs> <laughs> the music's very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Shit you wish you'd known sooner. Um, I think that um, weird hustle culture in the UK mm-hmm. that needs to be stamped out immediately. Okay. So what do you mean by that? Um, Which is just like working twenty four seven, like a culture of presenteeism. Mm -hmm. um, Which, for anyone who's not familiar with that term, is like just presenting, which Mm -hmm. is just showing that you are visibly doing shit all the time. Yeah, and that can be in a traditional workplace office. That can be in freelance culture. Mm -hmm. That can be on social media. Yeah. It's a real kind of like um, emphasis on proving your worth, mm-hmm. um, which is intrinsically linked to, yeah, capitalism. Yeah. And I wish I'd learned, yeah, sooner that that was what that was. Mm. Um, and I'm really glad I know that now. Yeah. But that's having come from, like through it. And I'm still like, uh, still experience a lot of those traits but mm-hmm. um I'm glad to like kind of pull myself up on that so and pull my friends up on that when I see them doing it <laughs> knowing that now how does it change the way that you behave um I think 
I just don't allow myself to have a go at myself mm-hmm. for like um, not doing what I worry might not be enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Shame. We yeah, to the sh- it's back to the yeah, shame question. Yeah. But like, also, I'll like call my friends out as well. That's really good because. I think it I think to be honest like we're kind of weaning ourselves off it a little bit I think it used to be like a big thing on Twitter like 2017-ish and I think it's calming down now but I think it still does exist in certain spaces so um, Mm. we just need to make sure that we're like acknowledging it all the time definitely and I my friend kind of calls it toxic positivity that's it not toxic positivity that's a different thing toxic productivity productivity okay cool and that like chase 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 looking like you're busy constantly not resting like yeah. feeling bad if you rest like yeah. who am I to it doesn't rest? make you a better person than anyone no, else it just burns you <laughs> yeah. the fuck out yeah. um, and I yeah and living with it when you can see it in friends is very exhausting too because yeah, totally. you either acknowledge it and you understand it for what it is or it kind of triggers that within you and you start to feel like you're lacking and you start to feel like, oh shit, well I should be doing more, I should be doing more. Yeah, like, exactly. I think it's a London thing as well. Oh, It's totally. been exacerbated. And because I've said this to friends quite a lot, when I go home to like Oldham, I will rest and I'll have no qualms about it. Like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll be in my pyjamas up until like one o'clock and <laughs> I'll just be watching like my favourite TV shows. And by the end of the day, I'm like, that was a day well spent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But if that's here, like, I, that never happens in London. I think it is London. I feel a lot of it. guilty. I feel like I should be doing something. I feel like I'm wasting my time. I feel like I've missed out, like, mad FOMO. Like, yeah, it is It is the London, like, everyone's, like, in in this rat race. And it's, you know, yeah. even to the point of, like, food and eating and it's always on the go and it's like no one just stops and just like fucking sits in the moment and yeah eats a sandwich anymore which <laughs> all right <laughs> which is why i think it's important to put like a name on it like yeah. presenteeism like is the actual name yeah and it's like you're kind of hoping to be congratulated mm. for showing up and for like being or doing too much yeah. it's like that's actually a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I wish I'd realised that sooner before mm. I was doing, like, overwork and mm. that. No, I'm happy I've realised that. Classic thing of, like, not being able to... You can't... You can't <laughs> pour from an empty cup. No, you can't... Yes, Basically that. That. You can't pour from an empty vase. You can't add water to a full vase. <laughs> Something That's like a that. Lovely phrase. Thank you so much. I've completely butchered it. Mm. Um, burn your candle at both ends, essentially. Oh, that's and then there's one. like nothing left. Is uh, listen, I'm a quote a day. That's me. Any more um, quotes? No. I mean, I have other ones, but not relevant. I love that one. Um, but yeah, but it's that thing of like you can't pour from an empty vase. Vase. <laughs> Is that even a thing? No, you never say it. it's not vase. Jug. Cup, probably. Cup. Yeah. Because if your cup's empty. What you're pouring. There's nothing left to pour. There's nothing left to pour, babes. You need babes. to <laughs> You need hydrating. You need to wait and hydrate. There's many <laughs> water-based quotes. Um okay. <laughs> uh, this nicely <laughs> We now reach the point where it is a shit shot. And for anyone listening who doesn't know, this is a photo that might be on Instagram or it might be a media photo that to the outside eye looks like you had your shit together. When in actual fact, you didn't. 
Okay, so I've got a kind of weird one for this. Mm-hmm. It's a bit left field. Okay. It's not anything specific. Mm-hmm. Because I did think of some specific ones and then I decided that it was too revealing about my life. <laughs> so um, it's, I've decided to do any photo that feels like a kind of press shot or like mm-hmm. a photo shoot, of which I've done maybe one okay. or two. Don't downplay yourself. Uh, <laughs> but one where it's like a bit glam, do you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's that people make an assumption either way, that either I've super got my shit together in that photo right. or I super don't. Mm-hmm. And the way that people comment on it is very revealing of which one they think it is. Right. So it'll be like, don't listen to the haters. I think you look great. That sort of energy. Where yeah. I'm like... Oh, I, I actually wasn't. <laughs> I actually, actually wasn't. It also kind of draws your eye mm. to the haters. Yeah, which I will say has bled into my personal life where someone thought it was okay in a club to be like, don't listen to anyone. I think you're really fit. Oh <laughs> I was my like, God. Um, who are we? <laughs> Who's whispering in this? <laughs> who, who, who are the haters in, in the this club? club? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a weird assumption is that I somehow need like bucking up about my general appearance. Or there's like constantly people guarding you away from like, just don't go over there because it's a load of haters. All these invisible mob with like pitchforks being like, how dare you look this way and be watched by people on television. Um, or people think, this bitch, we're going to take her down mm. a peg. And they usually are in my DMs. And it's not loads now, but I think when like Winx was first big, right. there was a lot of this, that it would be like, oh, I don't know if you've heard, but you look dreadful. Like, you're the whatever one and da-da-da. Um, oh I'm not going to dignify it with no, repeating no, no, it. No, no, no. Um, and that's weird because I'm like, do you... Is the aim that you're jealous or that you think no. I'm very arrogant? Or, like, you think somebody needs to let me know that I don't look a way that you've assumed I yeah. think I look? I don't yeah. know. I so, think it's a jealousy thing and probably a they relate and it's like getting out their demons yeah. that like they're self-conscious of yeah. and how dare you exist happily in a way that they're miserable totally and I think forgetting that and that can so yeah I think it's like not assuming that I either do or mm-hmm. don't have my shit together and it's that thing where like for those kind of days the thing that I can relate it to to everyday life is like you've been in a changing room and you've grabbed a few things off the rack and you've put them on and it's it's very rarely like I feel amazing under these lights <laughs> but it'll be like oh okay yeah. I'll get this thing and like whatever so you're sort of mm. in two realms and then also when you have to have like a group photo at a wedding or yeah. something and you're like I don't want to be in this and it's <laughs> gonna be one person's you have photo. no control yeah but it's a weird part of the job isn't it that like having a social media presence means that we are uh, able to receive these messages yeah from people and, and something that you don't go into acting for totally and I feel like the, there was like a little bit of press commentary like when normal people came out there was stuff that was like oh and not like this is the normal body and normal people whatever and oh, obviously a yeah. privilege to be written about at all yeah. we know all publicity is good but I was also like especially when Paul Mescal's in that <laughs> exactly but I'm like sometimes it would be nice if rather than writing those articles or yeah. those tweets or whatever you could just say what a nice actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like she did her job well. But I'm like, a, I'm not there to advertise yeah. my body. Exactly. But in a lot of in a lot of shows and, you know, even like musicians, mm. like pe- women mainly become mm. advocates for something that they haven't necessarily consented to be an advocate for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is massively gendered. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, and so to the shit shot thing, mm-hmm. just... Um, generally don't assume I have my shit together. Enough to hear your comments on my body. 
really. And even if I felt the best I've ever felt in my life, I still don't super want to hear them. So love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> well, Michael. Yes. Have you got your shit together? Have I got my shit together? Do you know I don't think I don't think I ever will have, <laughs> and I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I think that we all go through life doing the best we can. Yeah. And the best thing to do as a result of knowing that is to be just a little more sympathetic towards people who make mistakes, which we all do. And you see people make mistakes. You know, when you're driving a car and you're looking for somewhere to park or you're looking for a house, you don't know where it is, you don't know the region, or you go into the lane and, oh, God, no, this is the turning right lane and I wanted to go left and I wanted to go straight on and Mm -hmm. and you signal and and people, what the bloody (laughs) hell? And I'm as guilty of that as anybody. Oh, you bloody idiot. Oh, go on then. Whereas, in fact, how everybody's done that. Yeah. Everybody does that all the time. You know, just go, oh, you poor fellow. In Mm. you go. Have a nice day. And all sorts of things, you know. I mean, going back to that thing, I do remember walking down the street after the tragedies in my life Mm. and looking at people and thinking, I wonder if anybody else is going through what I'm going through. Mm. Because, you know, on the surface, I look completely normal, you know. And had somebody bumped into me and I'd gone, oh, be careful, William, if I'd snapped at them or, you know. They would have gone, all right, mate. So true, know, yeah. All right. Nobody's died, have they? Mm-hmm. Yes, they fucking have. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. don't know. You don't Gosh. know what people are going through. Yeah. You don't know what their life contains. Mm-hmm. So we need to be, you know, that would be getting your shit together, I think, mm-hmm. if you could just remember that and remember to have sympathy for other people and don't always assume it's because they're an arsehole. Well, I think we'd all do well to remember that, really. <laughs> what? I've forgotten it already. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. It's been so lovely talking to you. Caitlin, it's always a joy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman... The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together. Now and then I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you 